In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that took the name Revolution seriously and revolutionized our format for this. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarts, and I'm joined by my partners in crime fighting, starting off District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I have second, maybe third degree burns from watching Revolution. <laughs> oh, we were so close to those explosions. The the heat was, I mean, Shivani told me about it and suddenly my skin started blistering. So, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> also joining us from up north of the border, RCMP JLB. What's going on, man? I am just happy that the $50 fireworks explosions that I got at my... <laughs> convenience store were more impactful than that so kudos to me for getting more impact a little bit more bang for my buck if you will (laughs) so i'm doing pretty good good sir can't complain so um we will get to exactly what we're talking about i'm sure if you're listening to this you know what we're talking about but um but first i want to explain a little bit what i mean by revolutionizing our format i've been thinking about this a lot recently and um with the advent of the near weekly pay-per-views with us uh it's we haven't been doing our regular WBU format as often as I would like. And we've been Any caught in this like... and we've been caught in this um just recap a show format, recap a pay-per-view. And that's a little boring because frankly, every other podcast on the planet that covers wrestling does a recap podcast. So I thought how how can we get this back to the WBU? And I thought about it, and and like I say, it's taken a few months for me to kind of come up with this format, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, approach this more like a WBU episode. Um, I am going to give a category. I've got um, probably about a dozen, maybe 15 categories right now. I'm going to put out a category, and one of us, any one of us, can nominate a a um, moment or a match or a person uh, that fits that category and then uh, state their case as to why they think it deserves to be convicted in that category. Um, And then anyone who has rebuttals and counter arguments can state their case. And in the end, we will decide whether it is convicted, a.k.a. guilty of that category or acquitted, a.k.a. not guilty of that category. Um, I think that's going to be a lot more fun and get us back to what brought us to the game here, which is uh, fake wrestling crimes. Um, Fake wrestling crimes, fake wrestling cops. Exactly. Um, And so I think that's going to be, hopefully our format for pay-per-views going forward, I think it's going to be a lot more fun and maybe more entertaining for you guys. So bear with us, though. It's our first time doing it this way. And so we might stumble and we might have to tweak some things down the road. But before we get into all of that, though, I will 
uh, make sure to let everyone know that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnisco Podcast Network. So head on over to tatnisco.com uh, to listen to the other podcasts on the network there. And then come back to us to listen to our other podcasts because we got a lot of stuff in the pipes here. I'm so sorry for laughing. Holy cow, JLB, thanks for sending that right when you did. Absolutely. <laughs> so, also, before we get into this, I would like to uh, give a shout out to JLB. He has basically taken over uh, maintaining the Facebook page for this, and he is killing it. Oh, so, you. Um, if you aren't already a fan of ours on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash raw and order WBU. Head on over there. He's very active with uh, news and and events and all of this stuff, uh, kind of keeping everyone in the loop there. So, so uh, thanks to JLB for taking the reins on that. Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's it. I hope to be doing more on us other social medias. But let me start getting the the gist of one, and then I'll uh, expand my horizons. Ooh, expand. I tweeted this week, which is like expanding my horizons. Yes, you. I saw that. That's like quadrupling your horizon. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the Grinch's heart to three sizes. (laughs) Oh, nice little throwback to earlier this week. So we will go ahead and get into this because it was a long pay-per-view, and not complaining there because I always like longer pay-per-views as a whole. Um, as long as they live up to most of the hype. And the key word there is most of the hype. <laughs> um, I want every pay-per-view to go out with a bang, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Not quite sure what kind of bang, but a, a, a certain kind of bang. That's uh, basically four black cats. That, that's, a, that's an equivalent bang. It was, it was yeah. L- lighting the, um, the box of sparklers all at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should start with these categories. Please don't say what was the most fire thing on the show. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I wrote these all before the actual show went on, so I wasn't able to make a whole lot of puns with these. But I will fix that in future episodes. Well, so, we, can, we can make the puns as we go. Oh, I'm sure this will be puntastic. We will be at Pun City. <laughs> Um, but so we are going to start off. I I kind of structured these because I do like keeping the ending of these shows overall positive. So uh, we're going to start off with the, the negative awards first. Um, and the first one, we're going to start it off with a bang with the worst match of the night. Worst match of Worst the night. Match of the night. So now to keep keep in mind to remind everyone, these were the matches on the card, and the, there's only one match I'm gonna list that doesn't qualify for this because it was on the kickoff or the pre-show. Um, but I want to bring it up because uh, it, I think it deserves an honorable mention for one of these awards. The Not worst match. <laughs> One of the awards down the road, right? But uh, but it doesn't technically qualify because it wasn't on the main card. But that was Say. the Riho and Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and supposed to be Rebel. But Rebel had a doctor's note and couldn't uh, wasn't cleared to wrestle. And so she was replaced by Maki Ito, fresh from Japan. And I frankly loved this match. I love Maki Ito. 
Uh, I thought it was a good match. Yeah, she she's entertaining as hell. Her uh, little like side diving headbutt is hilarious. I love it so much. Um, there were some moments that I I will pull out on this when talking about some of the other things. Um, but overall, this match doesn't count for any of the awards, right? So the matches that do count, we had the AEW Tag Team Championship match, which was the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho and MJF. We had the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal, which had all sorts of people in it um, <laughs> and and was kind of nuts at time. We had the AEW Women's Championship, which was Hikaru Shida versus Ryu Mizunami. Uh, who, of course, won the Eliminator Tournament. We had Miro and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Hangman Page versus Matt Hardy in the big money match. Winner gets the other person's entire first quarter earnings. Face of the Revolution ladder match, which had Cody Rhodes, Penta El Zero Miedo, Scorpio Sky, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and a special new signing, Ethan Page. Ethan Page. All ego is all elite. Uh, winner of that gets a TNT title opportunity. We had the announcement of the new signing, uh, which we will talk about ad nauseum at some point. We have Sting and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. And then we had the main event, the AEW World Championship, exploding barbed wire deathmatch. Kenny Omega, the champion, versus John Moxley. And I'm sure that's going to come up in multiple categories. But the first category is worst match of the night. Now, and to get specific, it's it's match, not, not segments. Because seg- there were a couple bad segments. They, they, okay. They're... There is another one for worst moment. Okay. Um, but this is worst match. Okay. Worst match. I'm I'm gonna come out uh, nominating swinging for the fences, um, taking heat right off the bat. Um, this show opened just crap. Um, the the matches were great, and because the matches were great. Jericho MJF versus the Young Bucks was not a great match. Okay. Oh. So, I and I, and I, I know have, I'm going to take some heat here. I'm not going to give you heat because it, it by far wasn't the best match of the night. No. Uh, and so, I I place argument that the unfortunately Kip Sabian versus uh, Kip Sabian and Miro versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor was probably the worst match of the night. And that hurts my soul to say that. Because I love Chucky e. T and I love Orange Cassidy, and I think Kip Sabian's a breakout star eventually, and Miro we all love. Um, I just think that pacing of this match was was poor, and then the ending was was a little poor and poorly delivered. So I disagree on the first match being the worst match of the night, but it may have been the second worst. I'll defend Chucky e. T and okay. er, uh, and Miro. Um, I'm going to defend them as a better match, and here's why. It told a story that's long-term, that's already been being told, and continues to improve every week. Um, and I think it, it gave us that ability to continue to tell the Miro's a beast story, to continue to tell um, the underdog slash... Um, I don't know what else you would say about about uh, 
Orange Cassidy, but the underdog-esque aspects of that story. Uh, Chucky T came out uh, with some grit. I think there was just a lot of a story told there. I think we're starting the falling apart of Inner Circle with the other match, but we started that several months ago, and it feels like they're trying to restart it again, um, which is the part I don't care for. Not to mention, their tag team wasn't in the tag team match, which... I realized they were in a later tag match, but well, I think that's part of what hurts that. And I go the opposite. To me, that's part of what helps this is because, it, again, I, I don't hate the Orange Cassidy, uh, Chucky T versus Camp Sabian Miro match as a whole. It's not, it's not a grade F match in my book, but it's a C minus in my book. And now, the, the the reason I, the biggest reason I don't, I really hated the ending. Hated the ending, and and we'll kind of get into it. But but the Bucks match versus uh, Chris Jericho, like you say, they've been trying to tell that story of the slow breakup of the inner circle for for months now, and this one furthered that story with the the finish being. Jericho missing the Judas effect and hit Wardlow by mistake, which caused the distraction enough that the Bucks could hit the Meltzer driver on Jericho to get the win, right? Um, so, and then afterwards in the interview segment, they played up that they're going to have a uh, war room uh, to announce the new battle plans for Inner Circle, and MJF made a tease of that there is going to need to be some major changes. Um, I think this is going to be MJF trying to take over Inner Circle and kick Jericho out. And I I think, to me, that storyline is a stronger overall storyline than uh, Miro and Kip Sabian don't like Orange Cassidy and Chucky T because of reasons, and then uh, Orange Cassidy and Chucky T are hurt in their marriage. Uh, the, and it's that's just kind of a blessed storyline for me. But my biggest reason that I don't like the uh, Orange Cassidy one is the, the final, the finish of that match, to me, lacked so badly. And, the, and what I didn't like is Chucky T tapping. If you want to make Miro look like a and you want to uh, continue to have Chucky e. T look like this hero. This is the time to have a pass out. This is the time to have Miro hits the the uh, accolade or whatever he calls it in, and you might so call it the accolade. Um, and and Chucky e. T holds on and then passes out, and the referee calls the match because he's out, right? <coughs> Chucky T tap to me ruins this kind of thread in the storyline of Orange Cassie and Chucky being the the good guys who do anything um, and then they're just outmatched, they're overpowered. And that's where I kind of I don't know. But well, I no. guess guess we've got two options here, so we will we will throw to JLB to see if he agrees with one or the other or got a third option to talk well, about. Well, unfortunately, I guess this is going to be longer than expected because I disagree with both of your options just for the simple fact that both of those still tell a story. We have the breaking of the inner circle. Yes, it's been done, but at the same time, it still added an extra element. How are they going to... That, they've been dwelling with a while, so it's, it's continued on a story. Same thing for Miro. This might break up Miro and Kip. Now, right? He hit... Uh, what's her face off the ring with before, yeah there's something to be said there yeah 
you know so that might break them up and thus make Miro a total monster as he is this made Miro look amazing this is what I wanted Miro to be from the beginning so therefore these matches in itself were decent I wasn't expecting a lot from the Miro match but I was uh, relatively pleased from it and I certainly enjoyed the Young Bucks versus MJF Jericho that I thought just great match altogether uh and now we see a little bit more for the breaking up what i was i don't know if you guys want to count this as a match or not but what i was gonna allude to was the darby allen sting match it it the, counts the, as a match but i guarantee you you've got two people on this call who will disagree with that being worth match of the night uh-huh. i'm gonna go ahead and go on record that's the second best cinematic match i've ever seen yeah. behind only and i'll say this because there's people who are gonna say oh yeah he's obviously talking about taker aj no it's second best because the best story that was ever told in a match in, in a cinematic match in my opinion is uh cena and uh cena and uh the fiend or cena and bray wyatt um there was a story told in that match um and there was a story told in this one. Um, the only downside to that match, I would say, was I could predict the pieces that were going to be used as elements in this match. I knew as soon as I saw that board laying across, somebody's following another story. So you're saying Screw it was better than the football field match? Oh, absolutely. Way more story told here. Football field match was a spot vest. It was a good match. Okay. But it was a spot vest. Fair. This All right. But anyway... Um, so it sounds like we have three di- three dissenting opinions yes. for this award. So so this opens up the third option for this particular award, uh, which is a hung jury. Throw yeah. it to the jury. Hung. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm 43, and I'll laugh at that every time. I, I will say going into um, going into AEW though. Also, a match that pleasantly surprised me was the Matt Hardy and Hangman Page. I thought yeah. that was most probably going to be the worst match of the night, just because I wasn't a fan of their story. Uh, but that was ultimately that really surprised me. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm sure we will talk about the Hangman Page uh, big money mat- match more. Um, I'm a fan of Hangman Page. I like that story. I, to be perfectly honest, thought the weak link was probably going to be Matt Hardy, and yeah. Yeah. he overall surprised me. He can still do it. He can still he can still do it. Now so again, long as there's not a scaffolding or a lift involved. We we have talked before about how Matt Hardy has changed a lot of his style to fit his new older body, you know. But so so here we are with a hung jury on this particular one. I guess we will have to see what you guys think is the was the worst match of the night. Was it one of the ones that we uh, alluded to, or was it a different match? Um, I I still, like I say, I'm not saying that the Young Bucks match was best of the night. It might have been the second worst of the night for me uh, overall, but I, to me, it just uh, hair beats out the Kip Sabian and Miro, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor match. That's it's so, it's so much that it was the ending to me that just left such a bad taste in my mouth for that. So so let us know what you guys think. You can tweet at us. You can tweet at me, at Raw and Order WBU. You can head to our Facebook page, Raw and Order WBU there. You can uh, find me on TikTok and make a video at Raw and Order WBU there. Let us know what you think was the worst match of the night. So we will move on to something that uh, DA Fabe alluded to just a second ago. Most predictable moment. 
most predictable moment. I there was there was three that that fit here for me. Um, can I nominate more than one, and then you guys can? Well, I'll nominate others if they don't get nominated because I don't know which ones I'm going to go with. But the glass pane window in the in the um, in the cinematic match, the one that was leaning up against the wall, I knew somebody was going through it. The second I saw it, I said, "Somebody's going through that." There's a fire extinguisher. Somebody's going to use that and spray somebody in the face because it was the tube kind. Um, that that second floor was the most predictable area of the entire show. Okay, JLB, do you have anything to to counter with, or do you agree? I don't. I I would probably agree because, like uh, Fabe, I I I all the weapons that they like the camera guys really I guess sucked at. I, they obviously wanted to get a clear shot, but. Uh, it was just really predictable. The the second floor scenario, Darby Allen jumping. You knew, kind of knew where he was going every time when he was going up. The fire extinguisher. Yeah, completely agree. That's absolutely. Um, you know, I as much as I enjoyed this match, I would say that overall, it was it was the most predictable moments because, like like DFA mentioned the the boards going across the gap right when we first noticed that there was a gap in in the floor and railings and everything and then you know there are boards going across it well someone's probably going to go through it um be knowing in advance this match was going on we were able to predict that it would be a cinematic match and sure enough it was because of that we were able to predict that they were going to film it in a way that would help uh, to cover for any deficiencies of Sting. And I'm a Sting junkie, uh, but the simple fact is he's in his 50s and... 61. 61, yeah, excuse me. 61. And And he uh, probably is not going to be taking any huge bumps, and he didn't, really. Um, you know, as soon as as soon as we saw there was a, another story above when they threw the bat up to to that story. Okay, there's going to be another story that comes into this. You know, all of those things were predictable. However, I will counter with the fact that predictability not does not equal not entertaining. No, uh, I, I agree. This, this was uh, a whole lot of predictable moments overall, um, and, but they were entertaining. And there were a lot of moments in it that I might bring up as maybe honorable mentions for some of the other, some of the best uh, scenes. But um, but for this, I would say overall that this was probably the most predictable. I mean, just in general of it. Um, I, I would say that there's a certain section in the uh, Young Bucks match that is, I would say, is most predictable, and it's this section Nick Jackson comes in and he does this thing. He does it in almost every match where he does a couple moves inside the ring and then he does this little backflip to outside to the apron and then a backflip off to someone and then he slides back in. He d it does that repeatedly in every match and every time, once you notice it happening, you cannot unsee it every time he does the match and that's a predictable moment for me. But overall, most predictable, I would say, just in general, the Sting match makes it there. I, I would say the other honorable mention is Nyla Rose coming out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I knew as soon as they put on that banger of a match, that exceptionally good match, I was like, okay, they're both down and out. Nyla Rose is coming out to attack them. She, mm-hmm. one of, she was just beat by one of them, and the other one's the champ who beat her for the title. Yep. This is happening. She's coming out and attacking. Um, I did see Britt and company coming out, though. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. So, in matching and, colors, by the way, Nyla got a whole new matching wardrobe to match her red and black friends. Yay! Yeah, red Wolf and pack. black. Only the theme of uh, tonight. There was a lot of red and black going around. There indeed was. Which, which to, to be perfectly honest, um, during the uh, tag team battle royal when the Natural Nightmares came out and um, Dustin Rhodes was not dressed in his red and black, he was in his red and blue, I thought to myself, man, he, he likes the red and blue, but I think the red and black looks so cool. And then I saw all the other people wearing red and black, and I go, you know, that was a good call on the red and blue, or the black and blue. <laughs> that was a good call there. I'm, I'm down with that now. I was so, also a little bit caught off guard by QT turning on him. That that was that was maybe one of the least predictable moments of the night. Oh yeah, uh, least. Okay, yeah. Because because yeah, they haven't really been hinting at a turn from QT. At least not on Dynamite or even Dark. They've been doing a, a whole thing on um, being the elite and Sammy Guevara's blog where QT's kind of a dick. Um, but those are kind of non-canon to the official storyline that they're doing on TV. So for him to to turn was a little surprising and unpredictable. So I'm I'm down with that. But I think I think we all agree that the Sting Darby Allen versus uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks match was the most predictable moments of the evening. So I think that's a conviction there. So so far we're one for two for convictions. That's not hey, bad. It's good, right? Yeah. So we will move I mean, on. If to... we're looking for convictions. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to the third charge of the night. Botch of the night. This is the botch moment. Not necessarily the worst moment, because that will be a future charge, but the botch moment of the night. And I'm going to actually bring up a couple. Um, actually, I'm going to bring up the the number one, in my opinion, of the the botch of the night. And it's sad that it's because the people involved in it, uh, I don't want to denigrate at all. But in the, um, the ladder match, there was a scene at one point where uh, Jake the Snake came in and started beating up on people. And uh, Penta El Zero Miedo decided to super kick him. And it was the worst super kick I have ever seen in my life. It cleared, man. It it cleared Jake Roberts' head by like two feet. <laughs> it was it was so bad. So that's my nomination for worst spot of the night. Um, Boy, but I did have some other ones. The the biggest one is Thunder Rosa not bouncing out of the corner for Ito's bulldog. But that was on the pre-show, so it doesn't technically count. But so my nomination is Penta absolutely whiffing on a super kick to Jake Roberts. I'm 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 gonna say I'm gonna give you that for an individual botch. However, this is an AEW problem, and that I'm gonna that I'm gonna bring up, and it's the only um, 
negative thread through the entirety of this company, and that is overbooking sequences. There were several in that ring, uh, in the in the brass ring match, that were overbooked. There was a boatload of overbooked sequences in the tag battle royale. Um, there is a problem when you've got the other wrestlers standing around waiting to set up things. I call this out a lot. Um, I call it out uh, on one of my favorite female wrestlers on NXT. I'm obviously the NXT mark of the group, um, but I frequently call out Shotzi Blackheart for this because she is hesitating for the other person to be set up. Um, I would say the best of this was... Um, uh, Pax partner is uh, Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix is did the did the best um, non botch when he was coming off the top rope and changed his his positioning three different times for offense. Um, and I don't remember who he was about to attack, but it was it was really great. Otherwise, I see over sequenced matches all the or, or over overbooked sequences all the time in AEW, um, and and it's very apparent in these several person matches um, that they're overbooking a sequence. Um, but I'll give you that particular one. But I also have to give you that give them that one that's about camera angles that's production quality um he should be able to miss a 70 year old man with a super kick and production should be able to go to the right camera angle for i i gotta be honest i don't know if there was a right camera angle for how bad he well (laughs) Uh, thank god he did I, I mean, I don't think he was in the same zip code as Jake Robert. Uh, oh, making geography references. You know, or, or uh, for our international listeners, uh, he wasn't in the same postcode. Postal, postal code. Not post. I, was, I was going for the British because they say post. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um. No, no T bar's post. <laughs> yeah, T bar's post is pretty funny. Uh, uh, I guess I guess Monday Night Raw is going to be pretty explosive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I I kind of agree uh, for production, but for a very different reason for production. So production on the barbed wire explosion match. Uh, for some of them, I found that the, the camera, I'm not talking about the ending. I'm talking about within the match. Um, sometimes when the fire, when the explosions went off, when they hit the ropes, uh, they were in a weird spot and it didn't look as, pardon the pun, explosive as it could have. Um, so that I thought maybe the camera angle should have done a little bit better to make the explosion look halfway decent. The uh, old- the only uh, argument I'm going to say for that, just really quickly to interject, is uh, they had three giant death traps around the ring that probably limited the cameraman's ability to move around the ring effectively. So that, I would say, is a mitigating factor in that particular thing that maybe they just weren't able to get in the right position because of those giant barbed wire exploding death traps on the outside. Yeah, I, w- I would also say... I, I'm going to give that particular botch the win. It, it, the, my vote, the one you mentioned earlier, um, the the super kick from 
from Penta. Um, and, and really, the, the primary reason is it's botch of the night, the individual botch of the night. Uh, oversequencing is not an individual botch, and poor production is it's improving. But um, well, I mean, the simple fact is WWE's got to look because Kevin Dunn's been in charge of it for. 25 years you know not to mention kevin dunn had a pretty couple serious botches this week so yeah we can't we can't just exempt them from that Mm -hmm. and so uh production value is something that takes time to develop and and a budget plays a lot into it you know we've talked about impact wrestling's production value not being very high and i think budget value uh, budget is a lot of that they just don't have the money to throw at production as much as they should so so i think that that means at least a vote two to one to convict penta for botching that super kick um do we have do we have a hung jury here um, no no it's two to one because i don't know man, I, I i can't give penta any uh any blame man penta this guy did so much uh, yeah, and that's why i that I, I mentioned this. Jake Roberts does has done so much. Botches don't necessarily mean bad in the long run. Every wrestler botches. Yeah, for sure. um, I if mean, you if you turn I, on Botchamania's YouTube channel, they put out a new episode every couple of weeks, maybe once a week. Um, and there's botches. Every wrestler is going to be on there eventually. So I'm not using this to dog on Penta, but in this particular case, that was a botch. That was, and I'm glad it was. I, I, I have to admit, I'm glad it was. I again, we had a senior citizen in that. I, I I think I think they could have been a foot and a half closer and still missed, missed wildly, and at least would have looked good. I mean, this... Jake Roberts didn't even do a lot, and this guy was just sitting on the ring. Like I'm like, dude, Jake, are you okay? Like he was just there, just chilling. <laughs> That's like, legit. He was out of breath, and I was like, dude, like kudos. I, Man, and, I don't want you to die right yeah. here, right now, man. I, I, I just think it, there's a point that you're too cautious in wrestling that it doesn't even look good. I mean, yes, Jake Roberts is 70. We don't want him hurt. Uh, just like we don't want Sting hurt. But here's the deal. Sting took a powerbomb two weeks ago, right? Almost three now. Um, I'm not saying Jake Roberts should take a powerbomb, but I'm saying a super kick should come somewhere within a foot of his face. <laughs> not much closer than a foot but somewhere in there but so a vote of two to one to convict that so that is two convictions for the night dude pretty good Mm -hmm. we will move on to the next topic overhype of the night and i'm pretty sure we're gonna get a conviction on this because i will say going into this i was 90 percent certain that the overhype of the night was going to be the signing the mystery signing that hall of fame worthy uh and i probably would have said it was the overhype of the night up until the barbed wire exploding death match finish and oh my gosh get him out of there the whole ring's gonna explode yes Oh, we could feel the heat from the explosion all the way up here. It was like four sparklers and and a little bit of flash. Uh, okay, calm down. Was the, time, 
There was a side explosion from the side of the ring, though, that was pretty decent. But the sparklers were very pointless. <laughs> um, especially when the the noise that they have from when the, the Japanese death matches do it. You know, they had to... Like, it's, you know, to warn the wrestlers. Amazing. Everything was good. That clock was very threatening when it was counting down. I enjoyed it. Cool story. But, oh, my God. What <laughs> like, Two, one, zero. <laughs> Kane's pyro is better than that. You know what I mean? Give me four flames going off off of the ring. I would have been happy. Kane's yeah. pyro after after WWE got rid of pyro was better than that. HBK's thing in the ring where he does that five going through was better than that you know like xbox x's were better <laughs> pew 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 i really uh, thought that it meant we had, we were having another signing i thought we were gonna get goldberg to come out and walk through those flames i like through the sparks we were talking about this before we started recording but here's the, there are lots of ways they could have fixed it now I am 100% certain that something did not go off that was supposed yeah, to go off. I'm thinking uh, that... Uh, there was supposed to be more booms or explosions or whatever. But there's ways they could have fixed it when it went off that way. Number one, if they wanted to, they could have just explained that Don Callis... I wasn't going to let my client get blown up in the ring. So we made it so it didn't actually explode. Ha ha. Screw you, Boxley. Good shots, Don. Yep. Or, uh, probably the better option, just plan it so you don't linger on the ring after the thing. Have the explosions hit, lights out, feeds done. Copyright AEW. And then you can come back on Dynamite and explain what happened after the feed went off the air. Um, but what ended up happening was... <laughs> and then, oh my god, Eddie Kingston's dead! You can feel the heat all the way up here. Oh, geez, we got to get the doctors out there. Oh, what's going to go? Oh, they're just lying there dead in the ring. Really? Do they die when someone throws a snapper at their feet? <laughs> Fourth of July uh... must be absolutely horrible around the Kingston and Moxley households. Now, look. Yeah, yeah I, I imagine I if you burn dinner there. Oh, <laughs> and look, and guys, the, the, uh, that's not to say, look, I hate being a negative Nancy, and I really don't want to be in this match. This match was really good. But yes, ultimately, on it, the good match isn't going to be remembered because of the botch ending and the overhypeness, you know? Uh, oh, just... And it's, it's definitely... They couldn't have, because if something didn't go off, this is the issue. If something didn't go off, there was no way. Shivani had to kind of cover for something. Um, you know, what, what is, um, what is, what's his face? Kingston gonna do? He doesn't know what's happening, right? He's covering Moxley. He sees the sparklers go, and what is he gonna do? He's gonna act dead. This is why they they can't do uh, Don Callis coming, oh, I, I, I didn't want to get my guy hurt. You know, like, well, no. You have Shivani's talking about the heat. You have Kingston dead in the ring. There's no way you can let that go through. It's yeah, they can't out. fix it that way now. Not now. They could have in the moment if, because again, keep in mind, just, just like WWE, uh, Don Callis was on headsets. Tony Schiavone was on headsets. Everyone in that commentary booth had headsets to the back. 
all it would have taken is one word from Tony Khan to say, Pyro didn't go off. Here's what we're going to do. Cover. Cover. Uh, you know, Callus explained that you weren't going to let your guy die. And then you have a referee go out to Kingston and just whisper in his ear, the Pyro didn't go off right. You're fine. And you have him sit up and look around like surprised. Ta-da. It's fixed. Right. Um, but because they didn't call that audible, now they're stuck with Eddie Kingston apparently um, is scared of balloons exploding. <laughs> and and uh, Tony Schiavone can sense a fart from 30 miles away. Because, oh, I felt the heat from that one. Really? <laughs> I feel like I'm out of control laughter with this. It was so bad. So very, I mean... It's- and like JLB said, it was a good match. Oh, yeah. Really good Bad match. ending to a good show, man. Uh, but Seriously. unfortunately, you remember the last thing you saw. And that's what we're going to be talking about all the way through Dynamite. This, um, And I don't I don't know how they cover for it without, like, paying for CGI and saying, this is what you couldn't see from the camera angle. And, like, <laughs> nuclear bomb exploding or something. I don't know. <laughs> And and it's very unfortunate, man, because you just know that they were going to start AEW off with that if it was a great explosion. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, what will happen? And now you can't even show that footage. You cannot show the ending to that match. You can show everything else during that match because everything else was perfect. The side of the ropes were good with the with the poops and all that. Those were you- good. You can't show, you can show the ending of the match because keep in mind, the match ended almost five minutes before the explosion, which is plays into part of why it's the overhype. Is I think the match ended early. I think they rushed the ending. Maybe uh, maybe they just got overexcited with this match and, and worked faster than they planned. But after the ending, there was a whole lot of... Um, Moxley just lays there while Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers um, fill time until the clock t- counts down to 60 seconds, and then they go running out of the room. So I just saw Moxley actually talk to the crowd afterwards, and he even says, apparently we can't uh, explode the ring worth of shit to, to, to the fans sort of ordeal to kind of let them know, hey, we understand that was fucked up, that was messed up. Uh, so I just saw that video footage as we speak. Um, and I think they're honestly going to do that to on Wednesday night or, you know, Tony Khan's going to go on Twitter and let us know because they are good at saying, Hey guys, we know you're not stupid. We know you're not going to believe that. And we're not going to lead you on with that full banana. So, uh, just curious how they will do it. I feel like it just might be a simple Tony Khan on Twitter mentioning it and saying what went wrong. So might be the safest bet to do. It really might be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. simply admit that you fucked up and say, Hey guys, we know that that didn't end the way you guys wanted it to. Um, but just bear with us. We're telling a story. Let's have another one on dynamite. No, no. Here's the, here's the other side is this really does need to be the, the blow off to the Moxley versus Omega storyline and, and move on to Moxley feuding with someone else and Omega feuding with someone else for a while. You can come back to Moxley versus Omega again down the road, 
But right now, we need to have some fresh storyline between both of them, um, I think. But I think that's a, a, a unanimous conviction there that the explosion was the overhype of the night. Um, I just want to say, how y'all going to be a promotion that's on a network called TNT with a show called Dynamite and, and fuck up an explosion that bad? <laughs> that's a meme. I'm going to get that done and put it on our page. <laughs> yeah, welcome to AEW Sparklers. <laughs> it is all elite. Uh, uh, that's their that's their new Twitch channel, AEW Sparklers. But so a conviction there on the overhype of the night. We're gonna move on to worst performance of the night. And I worded that specifically performance because this includes during matches, promos, anything else. Um this is not and not even necessarily wrestlers. If there's something else like a ring announcer or someone that you want to nominate for this worst performance of the night. Oh, um, I, 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 uh, I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, well, I'll I'm go probably- first. Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> Honestly, I don't necessarily know, but I'm going to say JR on commentator while he has a quote. He kudos ah. to mentioning it. Great, cool story, bro. Uh, I know you can handle it or whatever, but you clearly couldn't. You were very annoying, your raspy voice. I I know it's bad or whatever, but bro, like I was more concerned for your health than what you were saying. Um, sort of ordeal. So I guess I'm going to have to go with that because I honestly can't think of anything that was as bad as JR's sore throat. No? You know, here's the deal. It got better as the night went on. Um, I I thought that at first and then I thought, you know, JR on commentary is just, uh, it's just 1997 anyways. So I'm going to go ahead and not do that anyways. Um, and I'm going to go with Butcher in the match, in the, in the tag matches. I just... I don't like Butcher. Um, I just feel like we're watching a 65-year-old fat guy wrestle every time I see him. I'm just like, God, he's just not good. I, I will say the worst individual performance spot happened in that match, and that was actually uh, uh, Ray Phoenix's elimination. Um, when you're fighting on the outside of the ring on the ring apron, if, if I can visibly see you set up somebody's elimination, this is you, Jungle Boy. It's a mistake on your behalf. It's a mistake. It's a it's a mistake in booking. But in that particular elimination, um, that was a poor performance. I talked about those earlier, um, but but I will say the worst performance of the night is Butcher because I just fucking hate him. I just fucking hate him. Okay. I I have a different. Um, it's actually two people because they match up and it's it's partially disappointing for me to call these this worst performance of the night but uh mike and matt seidel that's legit they were eliminated way too fast they came in they did some phenomenal moves to start off there were some really cool tag moves that they did together and i was excited to see them and they were in for like 90 seconds and then out yeah didn't make any sense and that made no sense considering that cesar bononi and peter avalon lasted for like three minutes you know is he not the librarian anymore or is he just no no he's all penis now yeah he's pretty (laughs) pretty peter avalon um i've got i've got some thoughts on peter avalon uh 
first of all, I think he's got the potential to be a star if if he bulks up. Because right now he looks like a fucking scarecrow. And uh, I guess that's why they teamed him up with Cesar Bononi, who is, you know, sculpted like a Greek statue. Um, unfortunately, he kind of wrestles like a Greek statue, too. So... <laughs> Um, but no, the Mike and Matt Seidel one was just the most disappointing for me here. I was just like, ah. I'm Second, go one, one secondary was match. Gun Club. Though. Oh, I thought they were great in the ring. They they were great for the 60 seconds they were in the ring. Yeah, fucking Butcher ruining it again. See? Butcher. <laughs> I mean, they're That's great for eliminating. Sure. Yeah, I will they're great say, for being micro versions of Billy Gunn. Yeah, it it in defense of one extra, one extra, maybe helping out uh, Butcher a little bit here. Um, QT Marshall, kayfabe had the worst performance of the night. He quit, mm-hmm. and when you quit, you are automatically the worst performance of the night. Does have a point there. You didn't you didn't tap. Nobody was kicking your ass. Nothing. You just quit. And I'm going to stay with Kayfabe is real. Okay. I'm going to change my answer, and I'm going to say QT Marshall. So that is Thanks. one vote for QT Marshall. And my phone apparently agrees with you, because it just went ching <laughs> That was so. a money choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to allow Kayfabe to be real, so that's where, that's where I'm going. I'm, I'm going to pretend that this is... That, that uh, I don't want to get my ass kicked by oh, Vader later. Floating death match then. You you must have loved that ending if Kayfabe is <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It killed Eddie Kingston. Ah, jeez. <laughs> what a burger. How fire and sparkles. <laughs> Which okay. just tells us Goldberg is um, really just a ghost because he has died several times from sparklers. Hmm. Or he's invincible. Okay, so I still, I'm still sticking with Matt Seidel and, and Mike Seidel because that just, it, most of all, because it was so disappointing to me because I was excited to see what they could do together, and they did come out and do some big moves and uh, some impressive <laughs> things, and then uh, fuck off out the ring. So I guess JLB will be um, maybe the s- deciding vote in this. Uh, yeah, I, I might have to agree with you with the uh, Seidels because it got me really hyped to see them. And then I was like, oh, but where did you go? Where did you guys go? I was entertained. Why would you leave? Honestly, the whole worst performance might have just been that whole tag match. Um, just because too many freaking people. 15 teams, 30 men in total. Uh, sure, it's creative. With you know, one guy leaves, the other one you can still win it for your team. But man, I I didn't really care for this match till the final four. So I will uh, go with you there then with Matt Seidel and uh, the other one, the other side. This is fucking horseshit. <laughs> I win. I win. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's another conviction for the night. We are almost done with the worst though. So worst move. Oh, worst, worst move. Sig- now, this is not necessarily botch. This is just something that just looked flat. That was just like, meh. Well, because I w- had a little watch party at my house, a small watch party at my house, um, I love Hangman Page, but everybody else who's never seen him that was at my house 
hated the buckshot lariat. Gasp! What? Um, I'm not going to say that, but I will give it an honorable mention. What? I'm... I'll give it an honorable mention because a non-wrestling fan should be able to watch Hangman Page and go, holy crap. I am distraught. Yeah, get I new know. friends. Yeah, seriously, get, get new friends. If you don't well, need that kind of negative off the street, I was just like, come to my house. I need friends. Yeah, go from strangers. Don't get friends from the streets. Jesus. <laughs> so no, I, I, I will say that that um, everybody who who hadn't followed AEW hadn't watched who I was trying to convince, and I was like, Hangman Page is awesome. What are you talking about? Watch this. And then they saw it, and I was like, oh. They sort of have a point, but I well, I mean, I get how it can be. Point. Weird. I'll, I'll agree with that. It looks maybe a little bit weird, but it is freaking awesome. No, it's all, I, absolutely. I I don't disagree. That's why it's only getting an honorable mention. Um, <laughs> uh, worst executed move of the night. Um, I got I I keep coming back to this Jungle Boy uh, back body drop to uh, Ray Phoenix. I, it was so obvious when he backed up that he was setting it up for Ray Phoenix to get thrown out. It just, uh, again, over spot, over over planned spot. So I'll go to that one. So, so for me, for me, it's a weird one. Um, it actually goes, it goes to the Sting and uh, Darby Allen match. Um, there was one moment in it where Sting was in the ring with Ricky Starks. And he did um, a move, and I'm trying to remember what exactly it was, on Ricky Starks. But there was a very obvious camera uh, cut in the middle of that. Like, it, it, uh, Sting sets him up for the move. It was like a powerbomb or something. Um, I have to watch it again because I didn't get a note on it. Um, but he, like, sets Ricky Starks up for it and then cuts to him doing the move. Um, oh, it was it was it was like a a, a Canadian destroyer. Oh, um, or a sunset flip power bomb. I think really more what it was. Yeah. But he sets up to do it, and then camera cut, and he's doing it, and then he's he attempts the pin. And the reason I call it the worst move is if you can't film a, a wrestler doing the move all in one shot then just don't do the move. Because I don't need to see Sting do a sunset flip powerbomb if he can't do a sunset flip powerbomb. You know what I mean? So that's my pick for worst move. Although honorable mention might be worst move of the night, hyping up signing Christian Cage as much as you can, and then it just being Christian. I don't think that's their fault, though. I blame the WWE fans for over-speculating. Well, it's, it's partly both. It's AEW's fault for announcing anything. Just don't announce. Make it a surprise. Because if you would have made that a complete surprise, we all would have been shocked. If you would have even just announced it at the beginning of the night, said, we have news that there's going to be a major signing later on tonight. Yeah, then perfect. But because you let it drag for four days, no bueno. 
Because people were throwing rock out there. People were throwing Cena. People were throwing Angle. Angle even did a whole thing on it. But we found out it was about a podcast and not him going into the ring. We Forget about it. The fans are going to kill it because one, kudos to AEW for not having any dirt sheets know what the hell was going to go on. Whole bunch of rumors. So no one knew what was what. No one knew what was true. Great. I was excited. But ultimately, though, I like I said, I think because we overhyped it as fans, then we were never, ever going to be able to anticipate unless it was a Brock or a crazy wrestler from WWE who's up there. Uh, it was never going to lead to great expectations at all. Also, okay. and this is this is not trying to dog Christian Cage at all because I love Christian Cage, but um, he is going to outwork everybody, really. Yeah. Have you seen the sort of shit that, that Darby <laughs> Allen and Sammy Guevara do on a daily basis? Um, really? You're it's gonna... a it's a, a catchphrase. It's don't over over credit that thing. Here's the deal: Christian Cage is a. The, I'm talking to two guys who never watched him. Watched him in Impact. Go back and oh, no, watch the watched. match. And that's why I am happy for him in AE Dubs. This is great for him because he's done his best work in Impact. Nothing okay aside from like early nineties WWE there, cool. I'll well, give even a- then his his in ring work in WWE was was less than it was in Impact. His out of ring with the with the the um photo ops and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um for those with the advantage of still photography, you know, all no, of that. I- I want to be 100% clear. I love Christian Cage, and I did watch... uh, I didn't watch it as it was happening. I've gone back and watched a lot of it. I loved him in TNA. He still was... He's not the caliber of wrestler that they hyped up that they were signing. Period. Um, He's a great wrestler. Is he full-time? What? We don't know. I mean, I I assume he's supposed to be full-time, but here's the other side of this coin, and this is... Part of why I still think, as much as I love him and I'm going to be happy to see him in AEW, and I listened to ENC's pod of awesomeness on the regular when it was on, um, and I'm angry still that it's not on anymore because both of them decided to go back to wrestling. Uh, it In the end, the biggest arrow in the quiver of the AEW haters is it's just a bunch of old WWE guys. And as soon as they announced this and all of the names coming out that people were speculating were ex-WWE guys, I knew that this was potentially going to be a bad thing. And the only solution to me that would have made sense would have been an MMA fighter of some major caliber, whether we're talking a Conor McGregor or a Chuck Liddell or or um, even one of the Gracies, Royce Gracie signing up, you know, someone like that to be a huge name. I could have gotten behind. But in the end, yes, he had his best work in TNA, but in the eyes of the average wrestling fan, this is another WWE guy that AEW has signed. But but again, my worst uh, move of the night um, is the the Sunset Powerbomb from The Sting. I want to. That was just my honorable mention because I'm making a play on the word move. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, honestly, there was a lot I didn't care for. I'm going to have to probably agree with you there as well, because there was a lot I didn't care for about that cinematic match. I thought, although some of the camera angles were unique, the one that moved from the ring to go see what uh, Darby and uh, Cage were doing was pretty cool. Uh, but ultimately, it was just too much camera work for me. A lot of the moves felt like it was... Uh, halfway done or we saw it halfway through and I was just kind of like what is going on here this is kind of ridiculous like I would have much preferred you just do a five minute match in the ring or something although this is cool it just uh, didn't uh, tickle my fancy if you will so so that's two for the sting move it doesn't matter what other moves I bring up you guys are already voted well I bring up a move and tell me, and yeah, I might, might change my mind. Fine. That's it. I would have to rewatch. I didn't know this category was going to be on here. <laughs> yeah, There's always a worst. Let us know about the categories, good sir. Jesus. Half Maybe the I'll... fun of this is off the dome, man. Uh, uh, in, in, in the end, um, most of these categories are probably going to, in some way, shape, or form, be around for all of them. So now you know. <laughs> No, so so we'll go ahead and call that a conviction and we will move on to worst moment this is similar to worst move but this is just playing it doesn't have to be in the ring this can be any single moment of the night and this could still be <laughs> uh yeah, that's the worst moment. I mean, the, I, I think we're battling out, o- battling it out over honorable mentions here. Um, uh, I'd go with uh, Christian, um, <clears throat> just because he didn't do anything. He just came out, signed, boom, bye, sayonara. I love that. I was a fan I, of that. You're outvoted there. Move on. Could have did a promo, yeah. bro. You could have did a little something, something. Oh, I he was... will. He will Tuesday. He will. He will Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Oh, is Monday already officially happening? Elevation. I would assume that this will be the first uh, week of it. No, uh, first week it. Well, I'm trying. I thought the first week was in the teens, so I think it's next. Okay. Week is the Monday elevation. Yeah, here's the deal. I don't think they've actually filmed any yet because they typically film them during Dynamite or after Dynamite. I don't know, I guess, with Elevation, who knows? They might be filming a uh, a whole separate day. Who fucking knows anymore? There's so much wrestling, huh? Yeah. Legit is. And just wait, because uh, NXT is expected to be announcing their NXT Evolve spinoff show. So soon there will be two NXT shows, Three AEW shows, Raw, SmackDown, and Impact, and pay-per-views almost every week. Yes, there will. Fairly soon. So, yeah, worst moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some honorable mentions. The uh, the the late attack. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I didn't understand why Britt Baker came out. What, Nyla Rose couldn't kick the crap out of two exhausted people? exhausted people by them by herself well they had to make it overmatched there so then thunder rosa would come out later to set up the three-on-three match that's going to be coming up on dynamite this um, yeah i suppose um worst moment of the night uh 
Cody leaving and coming back. I mean, there was a couple of them. Oh, and I hated that. And I, I get it. You wanted us to see that Cody was still nearby, but that was super annoying, man. Yeah, I would have preferred if they would have just had him by ringside saying, no, no, I want back in. And the and yes. the referees being like, oh, we can't let you in. We got to And the doctor checking him. But the fact that they went back to the uh, entrance ramp was a little annoying. Um, oh, yeah. I agree there. Um, you know, I and, and that's those are little things. Um, I mean, there, I, there were quite a few of those worst moments that kind of go up to what uh, DFA was talking about earlier, where they're setting up for a move. Like, um, Scorpio Sky is at the top of the uh, ladder, and he's reaching up to grab the brass ring, and he has his hand on it, but he knows this is not the time that I grab it actually so i've got to kind of pause here and wait for so-and-so to climb up the ladder and hit me in the face um yeah maybe worst move is also having a brass ring i swear to god i thought sonic was going to be the sixth man um <laughs> i i like the idea of it being a brass ring but that was a comically large brass ring. yeah i was like oh hey look it's a life vest Okay. That, that that was like someone spray painted one of those um, hemorrhoid donuts. That's exactly what I thought. It was a it was a gold hemorrhoid donut. That's uh, what it was. <laughs> and I mean, it was it was absurdly large, and and it didn't. I mean, it was brass colored, but it didn't really look brass. You know, I I think a real brass ring would have made a little bit more sense, but you know. I guess inflatable brass ring makes just in case somebody drowns, you have to have that uh, lifesaver there. That being said, I, I will at least give AEW credit by not having it be a briefcase because oh for sure. I well, they also every one of those they've done the the poker chip or the brass ring, they've taken heat for both of them. Um, they, at the end of the day, they also determine immediately when that person's going to be challenging for the title. They don't do a uh, mm -hmm. uh, you can cash in at any time type yeah. thing. Exactly. Because yeah, that match is supposed to happen this week on Dynamite, according but, to you know whether it actually happened. The they worst moment, hands down, is Eddie Kingston's death. Yeah, I mean it's always sad when a wrestler dies in the ring. Yes, from from things that could have been prevented. They could have gone with smaller explosions. Yeah, or I don't know. Put in a failsafe. The match is over. Cut yeah, it off. Match is over. Go. Shut it we off. We don't. We don't need to kill people with. <laughs> Fans are going to be leaving the ring, leaving the arena if the match ends early. It's only if it goes longer than thirty minutes that it's supposed to explode. Yeah, that's for the safety of the fans. Yeah, fans leave. That's why the countdown was there. Hey, all fans need to be behind this line. <laughs> exactly. So, a conviction on worst moment <laughs> is is uh, tar Target sale on sparklers after New Year's Eve. <laughs> they were like, oh, we still have all these sparklers left over. AEW, do you want them? We'll take four. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys also have some M80s? No, but we have black cats. No, we have those Perfect. little things you throw at people's feet and they go. <laughs> Seriously, the explosions during the match were better. It's so bad. So now we are going to switch into positive. 
mode because we're going to get to the good ones and we're going to be this is going to be kind of in reverse order from what we just did so we're going to start off with best moment of the night now again this is moment it can be a move or it can be an individual moment you know like for instance if you are a scorpio sky fan him winning that match might be the best moment for you I don't necessarily think any of the three of us are going to put that on the best moment list, but but there were some some great moments. Now, I will also say there is one coming up that's a OMG moment that may or may not be the same one. I uh, I would say for me the best moment was um, was Jungle Boy defying odds again. Yes, he didn't win. I understand. Yes, there's a whole lot of people, including myself, that were sad that he didn't win. Um, yes, there's all of that. But golly, this is the the. I mean, he is a battle royal machine. He just is. So that's where I'm going with. Uh, I think honestly, it's it's a toss up between um what Phoenix did and the tag team match because I really enjoyed Phoenix and Pack uh, dominating. Um, or Scorpio Sky actually winning the ring, though. I really enjoyed that. I was so scared that it was going to be Cody Rose, um, Rhodes, excuse me. Um, that, <laughs> that, like, honestly, I was like, man, someone that deserves it, and I even called it. I'm like, guys, I think this is Sky's time. And uh, really happy that he at least gets an opportunity. I did maybe want to maybe see Pent- uh, Phoenix, it's, no, Penta, uh, Penta go up against Darby. I think that would be an amazing matchup. Uh, but I'm really happy for Sky to win. Um, but then again, I'm also really happy to see. So I think I'm going to go with. Uh, I was going to say Neville. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Pac and uh, Phoenix for taking uh, for taking the win. I thought. So it's, a, it's the same moment, just different reasons. Yeah, same moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, look, someone agrees with you. So, so well, for the exact opposite reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so here's the deal: is in the end, you know, I'm outvoted one way or another. So you guys win. Uh, that one conviction. I, um, I, I, I'm kind of torn because I have a list of of moments that I think deserve to be on this, but they're also all moves which i do have the omg moment and the best move category coming up so i think i'm gonna save them for them and just say you know two votes gets the conviction here on best moment what is was your ending but then what was your best moment that's where it's kind of tough um I, you know probably the the moments that i enjoyed the most this is gonna be silly um it was at the beginning of the Sting Darby Allen versus uh, Cage and Ricky Starks match when uh, Brian Cage gets out of the ring and just starts ragdolling rando thugs at the side. Uh, just just seeing him just like throw a guy against the, the wall, almost throw a guy out the window, pick a guy up and powerbomb him on the edge of the the ring which as we all know is the hardest part of the ring so what that was my absolute favorite like moment of the night because it was just ludicrously funny 
Um, so for me, that's my best moment. But obviously, the ending of the tag team battle royal is the best moment convicted. I do also have a uh, a honorable mention to the numerous um, spots followed by roll ups or spots followed by pin attempts in the women's title match. It was a good spot after a good spot after a good spot after a good spot. It showed grit. It showed warriorism. It was just very good. And yes, I just made up the word warriorism. It's the warriorism from the sky. (laughs) And yes, to those listening, I was doing the ultimate warrior reaching up to the sky, pumping his arms thing. You know what I'm talking about. Um... So there, there were there were a lot of moments in the women's match that were a ton of fun. Um, so those might be ones to to talk about in either best move type or OMG moment. But uh, as of right now, the ending of the tag team match is the best moment. We will move on to breakout star of the night. This is the the person that probably improved their standing the most whether or not they won the match that they were in or not, right? Because uh, you can have a phenomenal performance in a multi-man match, but be eliminated or lose the match and still be a breakout star here. I have two. Okay. I'm going to nominate them both. Um, I'm going to nominate... Uh, oh, uh, it's not Hobbs. It's uh, Starks. Ricky Starks really impressed me tonight. And Luchasaurus went on a Kane-esque run of eliminations. Mm-hmm. Now, I love Luchasaurus, so I don't know if you can call him a breakout star because he was a big star in my world anyways. Uh, but Starks I, I had little belief in before tonight, and it was great. I might have to rewatch that match by... Yeah, I just couldn't focus, but fair. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with Lance Archer. That's a good call. I like it too. I, I thought I was the most, this was the most time I focused so much on Lance Archer where I was like, wow, he's really bringing me in. His choke slams were pretty crazy too, spot on. Um, almost to the point, I did want him to also win the matchup. I thought this was the most um, I've seen Lance Archer want it. You know what I mean? He really came into his character. I really believed him this time. The other uh, piece to Lance Archer that I really enjoyed, and, and I'll give you this, is it is he did a good job of selling us on his need for um, a coach. Not a need for a manager. Not a need for the involvement later. But his individual need for a coach when he got back down off the ladder and took two fresh guys and put them in an attempt to choke slam, And they obviously prevented him from getting the choke slam, and suddenly you went okay yeah you're selling me on your need for a coach this is really good stuff the last time we saw something like that happen is when Arn told cody to roll out of the way so um it, it it's so if they if they if they mention it in dark or on one of the shows um the land or you know have have um Jake looking at him going, why on earth would you try to choke slam two dudes at one time that are both fresh? That's a horrible decision. You gotta kick them, punch them, something. Don't try to choke slam them both at the same time. They're both fresh. They pulled you off the ladder. So yeah, I, I would agree that's a pretty good breakout moment for him. 
the whole match was for him. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really argue with those logics. I had a different person on my list uh, or a different team because this is kind of because they were very underutilized and actually really new to the AEW scene. Bear Country. Yeah, uh, I don't hate that either. They, they've been on Dark quite a few times, but again, a lot of AEW fans don't watch Dark. It's the nature of the beast, right? And so, and even when they were on Dark, they didn't really do anything to me that, like, stood out. But they came into that Tag Team Royal and really impressive when they first showed up and dominated for a short period of time and I think even though they didn't win uh, in fact they weren't even in the final five or six you know what I mean they they were out fairly early but they to me showed the most that I would argue they improved their standing the most they went from being unknowns to someone that we're going to talk about so to me, uh, they're the breakout star of the night. I would also like to give honorable mention to Mr. Platinum Max, Mr. Acclaim himself, oh. uh, faster for that. On now, his YouTube stuff is amazing, uh, but this was one of the best live uh, freestyle raps that he did. And boy, to throw in Como and um, blood on his hands, the blood on his hands, oh, um, but bag Babsy mugs. I forgot her name. Babsy is a bad oh, female tunes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows what I mean there. And I think there was another jab somewhere else. But right, it was there just... was there was a jab to Doctor Seuss. I'm gonna cancel you like oh, Doctor Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I actually texted you on this because we've talked about it uh, privately. His uh, ring entrance raps up until now have been entirely unimpressive to me. They were like bad John Cena knockoffs, right? Now, the gimmick with John Cena, at least in my mind, was that he was a bad white rapper. Um, this guy should not be a bad rapper. His well, gimmick the thing is, I've always watched his YouTube stuff. So that to me was the disappointing factor because I, I, I was like you, I hated his stuff. And then I, I listened to his YouTube stuff and I'm like, oh my God, bro, you're a bar. Well, that's where it makes made me wonder, is this is this a problem with him? Like, is, is he getting live jitters? Is he, was he not writing them out? Because obviously this one here, even though it was live, there were things that he rehearsed. This wasn't off the top of his dome, right, tonight. So maybe his other nights he decided to freestyle it too much, and tonight he decided to go out there with a plan. But it was by far the best of his ring entrance raps um, so far. He also uh, behaved really well in that match. He, mm -hmm. He, uh, you could argue that he was one of the breakout stars. Now, it's kind of sad. His tag team partner apparently is out injured for a substantial amount of time. So oh. in, instead of being a, a force in the tag division, they had to pivot to try to make him a force in the singles division. But but I, I wouldn't necessarily argue with Max Caster. I just thought Bear Country, to me, improved their lot a lot more in my mind. First time I saw them, so they definitely uh, made an impact. Bear Country, I thought 
And I hope they actually use them on Dynamite rather than just Dark because they seem Dynamite worthy. Uh, although I didn't see too, too much. That pile driver that they did while on someone else, I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely well, they, want to see more. There was the one time when, uh, and I, I, I don't know their names well enough yet to know, but one of them, he had... One guy up in, in I think it was a power bomb, and then he caught another guy and did a power bomb power slam to two people all at once. That was really impressive. Uh, so, so that's why they're my my nomination. But I, I think I'm already outvoted with Lance Archer. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pull mine off of of my two, I still I still like Luchasaurus better. Um, I, I think he deserves some type of title run. I, I really love um, a boy and his dinosaur. Um, but at the end of the day, um, if, if we have to give final votes and try and make a winner here, uh, I, I can't hate the Lance Archer call. I, I think the one argument against Luchasaurus that I would put is... It's hard it's to be a breakout, breakout star when you've been a star already, you know? Yeah. And that's why Cody Rhodes will never be the breakout star. Cody Rose might someday, but not Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> I corrected myself, damn it. <laughs> uh, I don't forget. So. No, apparently don't forgive either, son of a bitch. So, Lance Archer, cause here's the thing with Lance Archer. Some people would argue, well, he's been a star. And I say, no, he was a failed start star. Uh, he was brought in to be this monster heel, and then it kind of went nowhere. And he's in the middle of a repackaging himself into kind of a tweener face. And this performance in this was was a breakout moment in lots of ways. Now, I will also say this with Lance Archer. Um, this is one of the reasons I always had a hard time of, of seeing him as this monster heel. There's something about his face that just does not come off like mean heelish to me. He's He's got a little bit of derp to his face. Um, and I mean that with all the love in the world, Lance. Don't come kill me. Um, but giving him a, a tweener face run, I think, fits him a lot better now. So Lance Archer, breakout star of the night. Moving on to best performance of the night. Now this is, again, performance, meaning... In-ring, out-of-ring, promo, commentary. Who did the best overall performance? So I will I will just throw out um, the, the Ryu Mizunami match for a wrestler that we don't know very well. Has wrestled in AEW once before. Um, to, to give that promo, and yes, it was pre-taped and everything... But that promo talking about 10 years ago, I told Hikaru Shida that she would could live 100 years and never beat me. And I'm going to prove it again tonight. I was going to retire two years ago, and I chose not to retire because I want to be the AEW champion. I think that was exactly what that character needed to sell this match. Because this match had basically no buildup. Right. So that's my nominee for best performance tonight. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with uh, I'm gonna botch your name, but uh, Mio Taki. Uh, 
Mio Ito. That's it. Sorry, Mio Ito for for someone that I didn't know of at all. I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch New Japan. Um, I loved her. I loved her her song. I didn't know any of those lyrics, but I was into it. I loved how um, comedic she is. How really into it she is. And we need more woman wrestlers like this. Uh, she sold me. And, uh, I. That's one thing that just comes to my head. That like, whoa! I'm remembering a women's match here. You know what I mean? She she sold me what was going on. Now, not to, not to dog the other one, uh, the, the 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 title match that was pretty phenomenal. This is probably one of the AEW shows where both women's matches were, uh, you know, not the worst match of the night. I sound so wrong because I was upping. I'm like, oh, it's not the worst match, but I mean that in a good way because usually it's tough to beat an AEW uh, card, and being the worst match doesn't necessarily mean it's, you know, the worst. It's just because the card was so good. So, uh, Mio Ito gets my uh, vote. I might have botched her name again. Apologies. I'm, I'm doing my best not to sound like a mark here. Um, best performance in like individual moment or overall best performance of the night night. it can be in a match it can be outside of the ring it can be in any way shape or form but it's the overall performance guy i'm gonna i feel like i have three um i'll narrow them down to one and it's gonna make me sound like a mark um best performance of the night it it is silly not to throw hikaru shida in this uh, as good as her match was um, it is crazy not to have that moment that Darby jumped two stories through Patty, uh, through a padded uh, plank that was strong enough to hold Brian Cage over eight over an eight foot span, what looked to be eight or more foot span. So that was that board was not was not a flimsy board for him to go through, um, and. Uh, that was just unfortunately it looked less less like a coffin drop and more like a uh, a big elbow which is the downside to it um and then but you don't record that twice sorry <laughs> um and then uh the, the one that's gonna make me sound like a mark jungle boy man I, there's there's an, an amount of heart that they sell with that kid that just makes you go oh i love watching him wrestle I really do love watching him wrestle. I really am excited for later on um, in his career. Um, it, it gets you in the field seeing him just just grit through stuff. Um, so I'm going to give it to Jungle Boy on my side. Fucking Mark. I, I am. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that. Um, well, the one thing that I will, will bring up in this that may uh, help us decide a a conviction or not is that JLB's got to choose a different one because Maki Ito wrestled on the pre-show. Oh, son of a bitch. Okay. So, Usta. So I got you with the technicality, but now you got to make a deciding factor. All right, so let me hear yours and I'll go last. 
My, <laughs> I already went with mine. Ryu Mizunami's uh, performance, both in the ring because that was a phenomenal match, but also her promos leading up to it, her talking about all of this stuff. Now, as part of this, Hikaru Shida gets credit because that was a phenomenal match, and both of them needed to be good in that match to to make it. And that's it. So I would go with you on that one because my next one was going to be Hikaru Shida. Just, um, just both of their chemistry together was just crazy good. I was intrigued and amazed by. Uh, I finally saw personality in Hikaru Shida in yes. this match. I saw her smile, do like an evilish thing, be a little bit more sadistic. I I was into her character. I was like, whoa, whoa, where did this come from? Usually you're just like silent and I'll beat your ass. But this time around, she really shined. And I don't know what what it was. Maybe it's just the chemistry she has with uh, what's her face. Again, I'll, I'll botch her name. Um, but it was really, really, really outstanding like i really enjoyed her performance and hopefully she keeps at it because i don't know what what she did this time around or what it caused her to be that entertaining not that she's boring but it's just she had that it factor today that really shined well one of the things is they did some heelish teases with hikaru shida which is kind of exciting from a standpoint of i've said this before heel champions are are more compelling in the long run because then you've got the face chasing the the championship and right now we've got a face champion and it can get a little boring when it's just you know baby face comes out and says i work hard and i'm the champion and then someone comes out and fights them and they shake their hand beforehand yeah her up a little bit yeah yeah that's it you got to give her a little bit of edge and so that so um so so in the end best performance of the night um is a combination i would argue of ryu mizunami and hikaru shida yeah, I mean, not, I, I even I even gave Hikaru a, a, an honorable mm-hmm. mention. So, yep. yeah, not not the best match of the night. Maybe we'll get to that later. But best overall performance, I'll go with that. Conviction there. So now we move to kind of the most nebulous one of these, the under hype of the night. What was the moment that did they did almost no building up that you came away from it going? Why did they not advertise this? Why did they pitch, you know, we're going to be signing Christian Cage or we're going to be blowing up the ring and not this? I'm going to go with Max. Just him. Just him. Yeah. Max Caster? Yeah. Okay. Um... They put more hype on Ethan Page showing up than Max Caster. And Max Caster's intro alone was enough to be, oh, wow, that's an underhype. Yeah. No, for sure. But at the same time, that's what he's been doing. So it's not an underhype. It's just he's been doing it. You know, it's just he came out with some good bars this time around. Um, so we're kind of used to it, but we were just shocked by the bars. Um, I honestly got to go with Matt Hardy Hangman. It kind of wasn't... Um, you know, we, we get the now Hangman's officially for sure part of Dark, or I guess he was, but now it's been cemented, if you will. Um, I guess it was publicized and out there, but I I felt like going into the pay-per-view, this was going to be the crappiest match. And it ends up, ended up being quite, uh, quite a good match. I really, I thought this was going to be the piss break, but nope. 
it was uh, really good. So I would say Matt versus Hangman. Okay. Um, I, I was leaning towards Matt versus Hangman because even though, yes, this match was hyped, it was one of those where I, I really think they they didn't do a good job hyping this match for what it was going to be. Um, while, while Max Caster's entrance and his performance overall uh, definitely was impressive and m- might have, you know, deserved being talked about in that breakout star of the night, which we did. Um, the the overall underhype, I think, was in all of the hype of the exploding death match, the uh, mystery contract signing, the mystery sixth entrance in the the uh, ladder match, all of these other hype things going. Baker's the, a Britt Baker's partner for the buy-in. Britt Baker's partner for the buy-in. The women's eliminator tournament match with the the final facing Hikaru Shida. All of these things hyped up kind of overshadowed the big money match. And some of it was probably the the stipulation on it. Um, It's nebulous. I, I like the stipulation, but it's one of those things that I think they needed to focus more on in the show. Because here's here's the problem modern wrestling has really divorced itself from money a lot that it didn't used to right we've talked about it onto the show before but back in the 90s the storyline was you wanted to be the champion not because that meant you were the best but because you got paid the most when you were the champion and so you were the champion you got to show up in limos and you got your own private room to dress in and you got the best catering and all of this stuff it it was this this big thing and so having this be a match that was based off of the money to me made a lot of sense but it's one of those things that the modern audiences probably didn't really connect with as much because they haven't focused on the money side of things. Yo, Chris Jericho was champion for almost a year and uh, money wasn't a thing for him. Moxley was champion for almost a year and it wasn't about that. It wasn't about money. It was just about being the champion. Heck, Kenny Omega is the champion and they don't make it up to be about money. It's just about he's the champion. Uh, for this storyline to work, you have to establish money as an important thing. And so um, I think I think they could have hyped this up more by establishing the money a lot. By establishing over a few weeks, you know, have Hangman Page win a match and just have the uh, announcement, announce table say, you know, because he won that match, he wins the winner's purse. And by my by my records, the winner's perks for a match in this position is X number of dollars. So that's a big win for Hangman Page or something like that. Well, it's just stupid now, though. You can't make it a money thing now because we all know too much about wrestling. You know what I mean? We're all into the dirt sheets and whatever. So making it a money thing is just pointless. If you if you try to bring the dirt sheets into storylines, then you're already lost. You have to watch the show and 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 divorce yourself from your knowledge outside. Because here's the deal: if you watch the show and you sit sit the entire time thinking, "Oh, this is all fake," this is all, then you. The enjoyment goes out of it, right? I mean it in that way, though. It's just money has been such a... After Million Dollar Man, it stopped. It was nothing anymore kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, I I don't do that because the entire 
time in WCW when Ric Flair was champion, he'd show up in a limo. He was the, he was the jet flying, limousine riding son of a gun because he was the champion. Uh, when Hollywood Hogan was the champion, he'd show up in a limo. Um, and all of this, I mean, that was the whole thing in WCW for the entire time. And then in WWE during the end of the wars and and going on, that was why people wanted to be champion. It's only recently that it's been divorced of it, and it can get back to that. But part of it is you have to establish it. You have to establish that, you know, hey, Kenny Omega, you don't necessarily have to give dollar signs to it. But Kenny Omega showing up in a limo establishes that as champion, he gets more money. Uh, and, and there were some things that they did. You know, Chris Jericho, when he was champion, he started wearing $10,000 suits, you right. know, uh, things like that. So they've been doing a little bit of it, but I just think they could have done more. But in the end, all of the other hyped matches kind of, in my book, overshadowed this match to the point that it was kind of the... The, I don't know, the redheaded stepchild of this night. Mm. Apologies for all the redheads who listen to this show. And all the stepchildren. And all the stepchildren. <laughs> and all the stepchildren who are redheads, because, jeez. Yeah, that's, that's the worst thing in the world to be. Ugh, redheaded stepchildren. Oh, and apologies uh, for Babe's uh, remarks. <coughs> gross. So, so, so I kind of kind of agree that I think the Hangman Page match was the uh, underhype of the night because bang for your buck based on how it was marketed versus how it came out it might have been the the best investment of the night overall. Not necessarily best match but like you came into this thinking as hey, another match with the stipulation and then you walked out of it thinking that was a fun match and it advanced the storyline and now you're gonna have big money match Matt complaining again about now he's losing all this money um and you're gonna have hangman page as part of the dark order maybe officially um he did tweet tonight that uh sometimes the biggest wins aren't money but friends. French. Real <laughs> friendship was gold whole time. I, I think we've got the underhype of the night overall. You guys suck at this. You suck at this. Yeah. Apparently it's all on you. All roads lead to Fabe sucking at this. So we will move on. We've only got a few more categories to talk about, but th this one here, oh my god moment of the night. This could be the craziest move. Um, or, or just moment, like, like a certain somebody debuting or whatever. What was the biggest, I can't believe they did that. Um, it was the double Canadian destroyer theme of our, uh, whatever it's called that, uh, Pac and Ray Phoenix did. I think it was Pac and Ray Phoenix. I'm going to go with Cody Rose and, um, Phoenix on that uh, Canadian Destroyer on the ladder in the ladder match. Ooh, there was also Lance Archer's move on the ladder. That looked brutal. I, I, I uh, the the one with Ethan Page did Splash Mountain on uh, Lance yes. Archer onto the ladder. Yeah. Oh, Lance, that Lance Archer Archer did to Ethan Page. Yeah. 
Oh, no, I was talking about the Ethan Page to... No, it was Ethan... Lance Archer was under the ladder, and Ethan Page did it to... I think Scorpio Sky on the ladder. Splash Mountain. No, I was... Number number one, poor announcing in this match earlier in the night. uh, Same same match. There were two Tombstone Piledrivers onto other human beings. Twice this happened in this match. The second time, Tony Schiavone said, I don't think that's ever been done before. <laughs> it was done three and a half minutes before that, Tony. You just weren't paying attention. Um, now, the second thing is, uh, so, do you know which one I'm talking about? It's their finisher. Yeah. It's like I a mean, double Canadian destroyer thing. Mm-hmm. Two people I, at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I, I know it. I just, it, to me, that's not the oh my God moment. So that's why I... You know, like for me, I'm I'm gonna tell you, the Splash Mountain one was one of my oh my god moments, but that really wasn't my top one. My top oh my god moments, one of them, is when Brian Cage picked up Darby Allen in a vertical suplex and then casually walked up a flight of stairs holding him in the vertical <laughs> suplex before really? then suplexing him at the top. To oh, me, before though, to me, I yeah. was like, oh my Especially god, skin and bones. That's fine. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, ooh, look how impressive that is that that a grown ass man was able to pick up a pencil and <laughs> climb stairs. And oh, good job chewing gum and walking at the same time. I'm but sorry. But again, this that is freaking Brian Cage. That wasn't my top. Oh my god, moment. Right. Well, thank okay. God. It, been it, shit, huh? it, it was still one of my oh my god moments. I'm not gonna lie. I don't care if it's. Here's the deal is vertical suplexes um, are not just Brian Cage to be, oh my God, but for Darby Allen to be able to hold himself in that vertical suplex as well as Brian Cage casually walks up a flight of stairs with that combined. But my top, oh my God moment, well, there's a couple that that might be up there as well. The Darby Allen three-story coffee drop, uh, coffin drop, yeah. it has to be at least talked about in this oh yes. my god moment. Um, it might not be the top one. Um, I mentioned the Splash Mountain, which was fun, but no, my absolute top one was uh, in the uh, the uh, tag team match, right? The tag team battle royal. There was one moment where Pack. Uh, I think it was a German suplex. I think a German suplex is the, cast. The springboard suplex? No. This one here was in the ring. German suplexes Kaz out of the ring. Really? He, he grabs him and throws him over his head out of the ring. And I lost my shit when that happened because... So often, it's one of my pet peeves on any elimination battle royal, is how often the eliminations look, like, really planned and safe. And I get it, the wrestlers, they have to keep each other safe, right? But when the guy, like, looks back and backs himself up to the ring and then hooks his arm over the top of the rope so the other guy can deliver the clothesline and him neatly flip over the rib and land on his feet on the outside... It bugs me. And for Pac to just come up to the ropes, grab Kaz, and just throw him 
blindly over the thing. And Kaz landed safely on the outside. But that, I I just, I was like, oh my god. So, that's my oh my god moment of the night. Um, honorable mention, I guess, maybe goes to, um, who is it, Ray Phoenix? <clears throat> the one in the Battle Royale, the tag. Uh, yeah, not Ray Phoenix. Phoenix, Phoenix yeah. Uh, doing the suicide dive, or it was kind of like... Through the ropes. Rope, yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Okay, no. uh, that's not the same one, but wait, when you mentioned that, that's another good oh my god moment because he did the suicide dive through the ropes to the outside all the way into the crowd. Yeah. Um, and then they had to have all <laughs> yeah. the refs be like, no, he didn't go over the top rope. Uh, and then I'm like, but he did. And then they replayed it. I'm like, oh, he didn't. Yeah. I was like, how did you do that? I was like, Rick Knox right. was trying to eliminate him unfairly. Boo. <laughs> That's it. Rick Knox is a heel referee from now on. Calling it. Um, no, that was that was a phenomenal moment too. Um, yeah. I also would like to give an honorable mention to Penta's uh, ladder ramp dive that he did in the the ladder match, where the ladder was leaning up against the ropes. It was re- relatively early on, and he just like ran up it like it was a ramp and yep. dove off it to the outside. Uh, that was Boss. impressive. Yeah. All right. Well, I refuse to not talk about Moxley in Omega anymore. So I have mentioned, again, I think that double Canadian destroyer thing, Mabobber, that's done as somebody's finisher, and I can't remember whose it was. Um, it is in that category. But the, uh, not Dirty Deeds, the whatever it's Paradigm. called now, Paradigm Shift, um, from the ring apron through the, the table, was kind of an oh my god moment oh yeah i mean there has to be a bunch of omg moments on that uh for sure and because we're not talking about the exploding exploding death match all too much and it's very unfortunate because there was some fucked up shit that's happened well and another oh my god moment technically is that the first kick out no because they were very specific on the thing he did not kick out he just got he his, off the explosion. He just got his foot on the rope and then set off the explosion, which then meant uh, Kenny Omega reacted and stopped the pin. Yeah, it wasn't a kick out. They were very important. They were very specific to mention that on it. No one has still kicked out of the uh, one wing inning. It was, I don't know, it was one of those um, kind of cop-out moments in that match, to be perfectly honest, where I'm like, they had him hit the one winged angel too early. Uh, that can't be the pen. And then they found a way out of it, but I don't know. Um, yeah. I also think Eddie Kingston dying was an oh my god moment. I mean, I, that I, hope, be, I, mean, I didn't I expect hope to they see could a him. Yeah. Oh. We hope they can resuscitate him. I will say, it was a little bit, oh my God, that the doctors were checking on Kingston and ignoring Moxley. Yeah. Well, who cares about Moxley? He signed up for it. He signed the waiver. They don't have to save him, but Eddie Kingston was an innocent fight. And FYI, (laughs) Renee Young was trending on Twitter after the match. I'll also say... There's been a whole lot of people who on Twitter have said some things about the end of that match. Uh, Meltzer's like, yeah, it was a bad ending. Um, I would say Miro's response was probably the best. Which was? A engineer. An engineer you are not um, at Kenny Omega. (laughs) Very poor engineer with explosives. I, I would like to point out 
that on Dynamite they showed Kenny Omega and a bunch of people welding stuff. Um, there was nothing welded in any of that uh, stage. So what the fuck were they welding? Well, you know, it, this is this is building. We're building stuff. Building it's stuff. Building stuff. Well, it maybe it was the barbed wire bat that exploded kind of thing that had a little like. I don't know. Maybe they were well. It's, it's kind of like when you watch a building show and there's one two by four and a guy hammer nails into it and you're like, what are you, what are yes. you nailing it to? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so for Oh My God moment, I think we're kind of, um, I, I don't know if we're going to have a winner, uh, a conviction on that because there were a lot of Oh My God moments. And yes, there were a lot of them in the barbed wire exploding death match you know yeah but you expect those in a barbed wire exploding death yeah in fact you i really as the person who i called smarks before this pay-per-view came on and i said i'm not looking forward to this match because every time i've seen them they're horrendous remember i host botch along with jlb um which we need to get back to doing um, I host Botch along with JLB and I host it because I cringe at them. JLB joins in because he can keep his gut right while I'm falling apart watching people just be brutalized. Um, I expected this to be very similar to our Terry Funk uh, Cactus Jack match. I was like, oh, this is, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to see this. And I came out of it going, God, that was kind of pussy. <laughs> like that, that was kind of weak. Man, I would not want to do any kind of death match for you freaking fans. You guys are undeserving pricks. I I yeah, love I the death want, match. I don't want death matches. Yeah. I don't like them at all. But phew, Here, here's this the, one did I, not live up to the hype. I loved this death match, and and in the end, but again, it comes down to I just say we expect oh my god moments in death matches. So. Even the oh my god moments that happened in this, they were expected. And the ones that really get the oh my god from me are the unexpected. That's what it comes down to. Like, I fully expected someone to get suplexed from the ring apron onto one of those death traps on the outside. And guess what happened? Someone got suplexed. DDT'd. Onto it on the outside. I fully expected it. Uh... I didn't 100% expect a barbed wire bat, um, but I don't it's know why. The end of it. Well, they had the regular barbed wire bat earlier, and then they had the explosion barbed wire bat later. Um, and so maybe that one could be an OMG moment. Um, but to be perfectly honest, in terms of deathmatch style matches, Omega versus Moxley won at, at Full Gear uh, 2019. The unsanctioned better. after dark match. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, I would say that match was certainly better. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so, this is the problem, and, and I was going to bring this up if, had we done a normal, normal, typical podcast. This is the problem with gimmick matches; they have to live up to the gimmick. Um, it's the problem in WWE every time we watch a Hell in the Cell. Well, who's going to go off? Because it has to live up to Mick Foley. Nobody has to go off the top. We don't have to, but you won't get an oh my god moment if you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the downside, and and that's okay because these guys don't have to kill themselves for our entertainment. Uh, apparently, they do. Well, Eddie Kingston did. <laughs> <laughs> he 
He killed himself to save Moxley. For our entertainment. That, that poor guy was probably scheduled for some type of break because of this and now won't be able to take it because of the crap pyros. Because he's dead. So bad. Oh, no. He, he sold that perfectly. He could certainly take his break. I don't mind seeing him in six months and him still be injured and saying, guys, I don't know how I'm here. Like, why did, you, you might be a gimmick joke wrestler at this point. Totally not your fault. Work with it. Work with it. And the fact you know what they should do? They should bring out a wrestler who looks kind of like him, but not exactly like him, and say that he had to have a bunch of and say he had to have a bunch of plastic surgery because of the injuries sustained in in the match. Yeah, you might as well make it a comedic gimmick now. The fans will at least eat that up. So, 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 no conviction for oh my god move of the night, which is fine because there were a lot of oh my god moments, right? Too many. But now we're going to move on to best move of the night. Now, again, we had uh, best performance earlier uh, and best moment earlier, but this is specifically a move. So DA Fabes could renominate the um, uh, Ray Phoenix and and uh, Pack Destroyer. Pack Destroyer. If he wants to, or a different one, if he wants. I have, I have two. I have uh, uh, Lance Archer's not Razor's Edge, where they're facing the the direction. I can't remember what it's called. Then he flips them over. The blackout. Yeah, the blackout onto the ladder, and I believe that was to Max. Now that I think about it, um, and uh, obviously that. Uh, Double Canadian destroyer thing, Bobber. That was so cool. You're gonna probably say the power bomb that Max did. I'm guessing one of you two will. Um, I was thinking. I mean, unless are you referring to the one where Archer was on in between the ladder, and then someone did a suplex or a power bomb on top of the ladder? I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a crazy maneuver where it hit. Uh, it hit obviously Lance Archer because he was in between the other, or I think it was Scorpio Sky that actually did like a splash or something. I don't it, remember. It, it was that was what I was talking about earlier. Ethan Page hit the splash mountain onto, I think it was Scorpio Sky onto the ladder that was on top of uh, yeah Lance Archer. That definitely gets my move of the night for sure. That was crazy. There's also the suicide dive. Yeah. The audience. Yeah. That was. There was so much in that match. I mean, um, there, I guess that's the pluses of overbooking a match too. There, there was a lot. I don't know though. To me, that this will will be maybe a way we break ranks a bit here. The single best move of the night for me was the finish of the Omega Moxley match. The one winged angel onto a chair. Um, that absolutely destroyed the chip. That now I'm always a one winged angel, Mark. So I don't know. That might be it for me. Uh, but just that chair, just just disappearing under Moxley as it destroyed. I don't. Know, that's my thought. I uh, I unfortunately have to categorize that under that the same category we were talking about with the this is an exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> I expect to see crazy shit. I don't expect to see a guy dive through the ropes and land in the audience. I don't yeah. expect to see two dudes do a Canadian Destroyer at the same time. Um, I don't expect to see big splashes onto ladders with people under them or, or, or really cool moves that you don't get to see very often because Lance Charger does 
because their roster's large enough that it's not just on Wednesday night. Maybe that's what I should say. Because um, I'm one of the people that falls under the I don't watch dark. So I watch yeah. Saturday's dark. Uh, some good uh, some good matches on that one. Some good S word. Some good S word. Um, I will also give um, an honorable mention. It really. I don't think anyone would put it in the best move of the night category, but it's worth at least mentioning Hangman Page's uh, moonsault off the top rope to the outside um, on uh, Matt Hardy. We don't expect to see that sort of move from Hangman Page all the time, and he hit it perfectly. So I wanted to at least bring that up. But nope, very valid. I thought his I thought his dead eye was a really good dead eye too, but again we've seen that before. So yeah, I the dead eyes the one uh, Hangman Page move that I have a hard time getting behind, but that's I I've got a long standing problem with uh, pile drivers just in general, and it's just a pile driver behind your back. Uh, and I get on my map. I don't like the package pile driver either. By the way, people, <laughs> come at me. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm still. I'm still also baffled over that uh, Canadian destroyer on the ladder from uh, Penta to Cody. I thought that was oh, just... that the ladder didn't even break. Oh, but that's what makes it so much more worse. Uh, yeah. So. So I don't think we're gonna have a consensus on gonna that. Go through those. You're, I'm, I'm so afraid every time they do a ladder that somebody's head or leg or something's gonna get caught. Gonna get caught. Oh. And and there's you don't have any control over I got caught and I snap my neck or I snap my leg or whatever it may be and it just terrifies me every time they do something like that if it's not a flat back bump and even then I'm afraid their head's gonna be either in a gap and get stuck and snap and massive whiplash or um or their head's gonna hit a rung and they're gonna get a concussion. Yeah, well, I mean, that's part of why Penta running up that ladder as a ramp for the dive to the outside was so impressive to me because one foul step on that thing and he goes down and snaps his tibia. Uh, yep. So, um, but yeah, no, a lot of good moves. And I don't know if we're gonna have a, a 100% conviction one way or another on this because there were a lot of good moves. So we will go ahead and move on to the final overall category. Wait, wait, Best... I want to throw in one extra category okay. here. Best assist of the night. Best assist. So you mean like someone comes in and helps a win? Does it have well, to lead to a victory or yeah, assist just no, in general? No, it, it's just an assist in general. So there's a couple that occurred. Um, uh, the nomination I'm going to give is Marco Stunt holding Jungle Boy in by pushing on his back. Um, but there's also, <laughs> there was also the Hangman one where the where the Dark Order caught him as he was fallen and then pushed him back up and straight into the Buckshot Lariat. Um, there were some good assists. There was Penelope Ford with distractions several times. I'm going to give my vote to Marco Stunt. I thought it was adorable. Look at that four-year-old holding his dad in there. <laughs> that looks really young. I, I, I got to maybe give it to Penelope Ford, man, because how she fell seemed so dangerous. Maybe it was just good acting, but, like, she flew, man. <laughs> so, um... So powerful, so I like that. Just... I don't know. In terms of best assist, I would probably say Dark Order to Hangman Page, because that was not just an assist, but a storyline developing sort of a thing. But my second would probably be Marco's stunt, so 
if that's your first also, nomination. I mean, Good Brothers came in. That that was an assist. There's a lot of assists here. There were a lot of assists, that's... yeah. Um, I mean, throughout everything, you had Jack Evans, um, who wasn't involved in the tag team match, sort of helping eliminate some of the Dark Order people in that one. Um, but, but so I think Marco gets the overall victory um, for that for me. Okay, I would agree. I, it was just too too adorable. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so everything he had, he's just pushing on on Jungle Boy. It was like, ah, what a good friend. Now, now here's part of where that probably pushes over the edge for me for quarter one. Um, is the Dark Order saving Hangman Page from falling out didn't save him from losing the match necessarily, right? If he'd have, if the Dark Order hadn't have been there and he fell out to the ringside, he would have got up and got back in the match and it could have been a different ending. But if Jungle Boy fell out without Marco's stunt there, Jungle Boy's out of the match. And Luchasaurus was already out. Mm-hmm. So, so it's donezo. So that, that might win it there. Um, but the final actual category, uh, this is the, the Academy Award one best match of the night. This is top to bottom best match. Hmm. By listening to the podcast, you would think we would have to say the tag match, the, the tag uh, battle royal. But there was so much other stuff. It was it's tough not to have a great six man ladder match. It's not it's tough not to have a great spot fest that is tag tag team wrestling with 15 teams involved um i expected to hate a match coming into this night and i loved it uh i I thought the match was really tastefully done for as brutal as it was so i'm gonna give it to the main event and sound like a total schmoz mark smarks that's that's i know that's one of our one of our co-host names but i i I gotta give it to the exploding barbed wire match so i don't necessarily disagree with that as long as it's (laughs) the match and nothing that happened after correct (laughs) correct i'm i'm giving just the match i'm giving through the finish of said match I am not giving through the finish of the time frame of the match. <laughs> so once the bell rang and they held up Kenny Omega's hand and he's the victor, that's the end of the match. That match there was was overall the best match. I would agree there. Everything that happened after it lowered that match. But if you don't count that, then that was the best match. Probably, and I know, I know that uh, JLB is going to disagree with me on this. Second runner-up for match of the night. Uh, don't say it. It's the cinematic match. It was the Sting <laughs> match. Yeah. Sting yeah, and Darby I mean, Allen. Tough to argue with that. The third, the third, I would say, is probably Hangman and, and Matt Hardy. I'd agree there. The the, yeah. the reason, the only reason that these others, you know, and Sheeta, Sheeta and Ryu were in the category with Hangman and Matt Hardy. That match was really good. I'd agree with there that. There is something to be said for not having too much going on in the match. We like it. That's why all these smaller categories can go to those, because you get those spot fests. You get those moments that are just all over the place. But as a whole story, it's tough to tell an enjoyable whole story. We didn't see Scorpio Sky for about four minutes before he won the t- the ladder match. 
he was down on the ground outside. We kept watching Lance Archer destroy person after person after person, not Scorpio Sky, who was already destroyed. There's got the the spot fest allow for surprise wins and all that type of stuff, but there's something to be said for just a one on one or a two on two match. Even even a triple threat, just cutting it down from seventy people to less. Well, and I'm kind of honestly, this night could have benefited by having either the ladder match or the tag team match not be. And that's not saying they were bad matches. They were both good matches, very good matches. But like you're saying, when you have these six man and twelve man matches and all this stuff. It, it just gets a little bit... Uh... That's the problem. It was overwhelming, It was and it was too long. I think that's the issue. If you would have... I agree. If you would have cut it, cut two, three matches out, it probably would have been like a five-star pay-per-view. I, but... I think you could have cut them down to one minute for the entrance on the tag match or ten teams. There were three teams from the Dark Order. Yeah, yeah. And... There were two teams from the Nightmare Factory. Like, that's that's five teams from two separate factions that didn't win it. And you didn't even have FTR there. Like, what yeah, the hell? No FTR. <laughs> um, no, uh, nope, I guess the, the SCU was there. Um, but you didn't have FTR. So, you didn't yeah. have um, the you... rubber band guy there either, uh, Evans. Is it Evans? No. Um, the guy who's very... He's, they usually play on Dark, but they're a really good tag team. They've been on Dynamite 2. Are three, you talking the Hybrid 2? Hybrid 2, that's it. Yeah. Jack Evans, I mean, he, he was there. He just wasn't in the match. Right. Evans and the health coach. Um, you did, however, have Bears. Wait, what's that? Oh, they're just people? They're just no, they're from bears. Bear Country? They're no, they're they kind of look like bears. <laughs> but yeah, three different Dark Order teams. You could have eliminated two of those teams easily. Um, also, I was a little sad that John Silver didn't uh, make it to the final. I, I didn't want him to win. I think the right person, right team won that, I think. But, oh, yeah. But uh, they were really building John Silver like he might be an Iron Man in that. And then... And they did. I mean, he was one of the last two. Um, there was some significant build to John Silver. Mm-hmm. Um, that faction's going to get really, really fun really, really fast. So I um, guess they're facing it, right? Like I predicted. Thank you very much. Yep. For the time being, they are face. They kind of had to be after the Brody Lee tribute. They, you, you can't go from that backwards immediately. Um, Side note: When did when did Allie go back to being Bunny? Uh, just kind of randomly about uh, three months ago. They just absolutely killed the whole QT Marshall storyline, uh, <laughs> and just she just went back. I mean, they didn't tell a storyline with it. She's just like, I'm back with the with my husband and the creepy old guy. Um, but yeah, no, that like that that tag match. You could have eliminated, and and this is not saying I I dislike them, um, but you could have taken out of that two of the Dark Order, right? You could have left the Gun Club out of it. You could have, frankly, left uh, Seidel and Seidel out of it. Um, yeah. You could have left Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi out of it. Um, and right there, instead of being 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 tags tags the things in it you're you're now down to 10 right and that's that's still you could have taken varsity blondes out of it i like pillman jr 
I actually like Griff Garrison. I think he's hilarious. But uh, drop it down to nine uh, there. You didn't really use Santana and Ortiz, so you could have taken them out of it, you know, and it'd been an eight-man tag, you know. You could have had a qualifying tournament and made this five. Yeah. With triple threats leading up to it. There's a lot you could do. But so, uh, and that's the deal. Is I think I think either limiting the multi-man matches in a show um, or, or heck, here, here's an idea, and this is, again, not taking anything away from this, but you move this to the kickoff show, to the pre-show, have this be a huge multi-man match that you put on free on YouTube to draw people in, right? And then take the yeah. Britt Baker and Maki Ito versus um, uh, Riho and... and uh, actually open the show with it. And have that on the main card. And I think that improves the show. The other, the other piece to that is it is it means that your first match isn't the one that that underperformed what expectations were. I'm not saying it was a bad match; it just underperformed expectations. Signet every other match overperformed or performed where you expected it to be. I don't know. Um, I didn't hate Jericho match as much as you did. I don't. I just think it, I think my expectations when I have MJF, the Young Bucks, and Jericho in a ring our main event level match and and we didn't get that we didn't get a main main event match that's what my thoughts are uh, i don't know i i i guess i think i think they should put the the belts on bear country and then have the young bucks off tv for a while that's not a bad idea taking taking the young bucks taking the young bucks or omega or cody or somebody off tv from the executive staff for a little while because right now they have um in the last six months Every member of the executive staff has held the title. Damn, that's does, true. Does give him a little bit of that heat. So, so DA Fabe and I both said the uh, barbed wire death match. JLB, did you give your pick for a match of the night? No, I did not technically. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go to the ladder match. I I came into it not like I knew it was gonna be a decent match, but I didn't know how Lance Archer was gonna do because I wasn't totally keen on him. Um, but he completely surprised me. Um, Ethan Page, I didn't, I didn't see a lot. I only saw his promos in Impact, which I thought were great. But I, seeing him there was awesome. Uh, Scorpio Sky, I think this might have been one of his best matches he's done in quite a while. Um, so I'm going with the ladder match. I think the ladder match for me was. Uh, probably the match of the night. And it was a good match. I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It told a good story. It um, set up a lot of storylines coming up. Uh, Lance Archer was obviously put in that to be the uh, the monster character that everyone had to kind of beat to win. Because he didn't. It fit in with the more high-flying characters uh, the other ones had. But he played the role perfectly. Um, so so I'm I'm down with it. It just wasn't my match of the night, I think, the barbed wire match. As long as it's just the match and none of the shit that happened afterwards. And again, I still think, I think the match ended early. I think they maybe rushed through some stuff. And that's part of what led the, the aftermath to be so crappy feeling. Because it was just like stand around for five minutes until yeah. the countdown timer starts. It was um, like communication because no one knew what time it was. Even the announcers, when they heard the ringing, they're like, oh, there's 15 minutes left or 10 minutes. Like they didn't know how much time was left. And I was like, but guys, why don't you let us know how much uh, time there is left? Frankly, like, I think, 
for a match that's got a 30 minute time limit before the place explodes, you really should have just had a 30 minute countdown up on the screen. <laughs> they also said at that 10 minute warning, um, they said that uh, there would not be another warning when when the explosions were going to go off, and we got a full minute. Yeah, I yeah, think I th- frankly I think there's a lot of things they could have done production wise for that, right? I think um, having the lights on the ring change uh, to symbolize the danger could have been a really interesting production value thing where it starts out they're really really bright and then as it gets closer you put some red tint into them to hint danger not going all uh fiend red hell in a cell match (laughs) i'm I'm not but just a little bit of red to get a little bit of danger they so they start to get a little oranger and oranger you know to to symbolize that the danger is coming uh start dropping the lights around the ring so that it gets darker and darker outside the ring and the ring itself is all that's lit up as it gets closer. But again, on the big screen, on the Jumbotron, just have a countdown for the entire match. Yeah. Um, and then you can have it. It's a white, it's in white font for the first 10 minutes. And then it goes to a yellow font for the second 10 minutes. And then it's in a red font for the final 10 minutes. Uh, and then in in the final final five minutes, it goes, or maybe it goes to an orange font in the final 10 minutes. And then a red font in the final five minutes. And then, you know what I mean? So, so, so you've got all of these visual clues uh, going on. But in the end, I think, I, I think uh, Box and Omega didn't know how much time they'd filled. And so they just said, oh, it's time to, to finish this match. So let's call it. And they finished it. And then they're like, oh, crap, we've got five minutes to fill before the next thing we wanted to do happens. Now, I will, I will give AEW significant credit for this. They held to their 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I think that they did that is because they know there are there are podcasters there are people out there who would time that crap and go oh yep 30 minutes 30 minutes that's what they got is 30 minutes um i i I assume they held to the 30 minutes so even though it did get a little it done done a little earlier than it was supposed to um i guess good job taking away the complaints and filling them with a different complaint yeah yeah i mean uh, uh, wwe probably would have when they realized the match that was supposed to go 30 minutes finished at 25, they probably would have just said, and there's one minute left before the thing goes off. Just yeah, punt it. Because here's Meltzer the deal. Lit them up. Here's the deal is, uh, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you this. Next year when Royal Rumble comes around, get a stopwatch and start timing in between entries, and you will find out that none of them are the same, uh, same time. Yep. They're totally arbitrary. They say every 90 seconds, but no, it's... 100% when they feel like it. Oh, snap. Uh, it's usually close to 90 seconds, but sometimes, you know, if the things going on in the ring are important enough, they'll hold it off to to 100 seconds or 110 seconds. And sometimes uh, they'll be like, nope, we just need to start this next one now. And it'll only be 72 seconds. <laughs> but so overall, we... I. I'm going to throw out something that I already know the answer to, but it's worth us saying because we hold things up so much to it. Better than TakeOver? No. JLB? I don't think so, no. I agree, no. So, not the best pay-per-view of the year yet. Nope. No, no, TakeOver it's... TakeOver still it's, holds that. Crap, it... Uh, 
better than Elimination Chamber. Agreed. It was still a good pay-per-view. I'm yeah. not going to say, but but overall, and maybe it's just because so much of this was gimmick-based matches. I mean, yeah. literally, uh, almost every match had a gimmick attached, right? The only yeah. one that didn't have a gimmick really attached to the match was uh, the Young Bucks versus uh, Inner Circle match. Because well, that was I'm... the only one that was just set up based on, hey, you're the number one contenders, fight us. I mean, they won the number one contenders battle royal thing a few weeks ago. Sorry. Well, but the women's the women's championship match wasn't uh, a it, gimmick. It didn't have a gimmick to the match, but it still was based off the gimmick of this was the the winner of the eliminator tournament okay. that had Japan versus versus America, you know, sort of a thing. Um, I would argue that the money bag match wasn't necessarily a gimmick because they didn't have to go grab anything or it what was still a whole gimmick to the match it was it was all about whoever wins this wins wins the prize money sort of a thing and i and i think you go back to takeover and what were their gimmicks i'm going after a title i'm going after a different title i'm going after this title i'm i'm angry so i want the chance to beat the crap out of you or which will be the next takeover as well um i'll I'll put my title on the line so i can beat the crap out of you is what the next one is um or i want the opportunity to go after a title and after the schmoz that happened for the uh women's tag titles i am really looking forward to nxt yeah, reports have it that they're talking about introducing an NXT variant of the women's tag titles, which then makes me wonder, uh, why isn't there a SmackDown variant of them? True. Or Raw, I mean, I guess, you know, if NXT gets their own ones, then they've broken the whole promise of these tag titles are amongst all three brands. So give each brand their own t- women's tag titles and move on. Anyways, I honestly think the tag titles, though, either the guys, the women should just be all three brands, one title, all three brands face for it like this. You unify your brands to a certain extent and to see certain players. I I don't know. I I think you either have to go all one way or all the other way. Right. You can't walk this line of having some titles that go amongst all three brands and some titles that don't. Right. So if you're going to have the women's tag titles on all three brands, then you should have all of the titles on all three brands. If you're going to have certain titles specific to the brand and only the brand, then you should separate the brands entirely. Right. And that's where WWE is messing up as they're trying to be wishy-washy and walk this line. Uh, yeah, we've got a brand split, but it's not really a brand split. It's kind of a brand split. It's just sort of a brand split. Not really one. And that, and that's why they've got a universal title and a WWE title, and they're really the same fucking level of title. But they have this whole game where they're like, "Well, you you were never the WWE champion, so you can't be in the match to determine the number one contender for the WWE champion, um, because you were the universal champion." Which I don't know was at one point the more premium level championship but now it's i'm confused (laughs) so anyways um so yeah maybe what let's see not not better than than takeover better than elimination chamber better than royal rumble i would say tied with royal rumble 
What happened at Royal Rumble? Is there anything crazy that actually happened at Royal Rumble aside from the Royal Rumble? Um, a whole bunch of people won their shots at championships. Um, that's all. Uh, slightly better than Royal Rumble. I don't remember being over too crazy over the Rumble, but ma- match by match wise, I still say uh, Revolution is better than the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Now, by far, it's been AEW's best pay-per-view of the year. Oh, but not the best of the last two pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, definitely not the best of the last two AEW. As, as the last AEW was their best ever. <laughs> and is the only one that competes with NXT TakeOver. That, but yeah. that just recently happened. So that was one of the news is that came out of this is they did officially announce the date for uh double or nothing um and it's april something or may yeah it was may 30th may 30th may 30th with a horrible video package oh my god ew what are you doing with your video package people so i'm gonna go ahead and throw a challenge out to smarks smarks i feel like both of us are on the vaccine list i feel like both of us will be vaccinated by then I know I have a call in to my pharmacist if they have extras. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna challenge you. Do you have you have Memorial Day off, right? I don't fucking know. They don't tell me that shit until it's like a week before that. Well, they're but you're not in a patrol car anymore. Yeah, I know. I, I know we don't have. I know we don't have court on Memorial Day. Yeah. I can probably I, swing to your area. I should have because I normally have Mondays off, so I should have. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I, I will say I probably won't be vaccinated by then for a really weird. Oh, that's right. You're having the, the, you're on a test because I'm on a COVID trial for antibodies. Um, which means I can't get the vaccination until the trial's over. However, it should mean that I've got the antibodies and I'm fine. Yeah. You'll have, you'll have had a couple tests done between now and then. So. So, and, sure it might, and it might be it. over by then because, uh, you know, the, the trial could last up to a year, but it also could be over by then because they'll make a decision. Who knows? So. so anyway, I should be vaccinated by then. I would make the trip to Omaha. Um, I I would say that more than likely that's that's uh, a deal because whether we haven't watched wrestling together in an entire pandemic <laughs> and that's sad. Yes, it sucks. Considering it wasn't that long before the pandemic that we had gone to a live SmackDown event. And two and a half months before that. And we were planning there was going to be a SmackDown or Raw in our area, in my area, within the next few months before the pandemic hit that we were planning on this. Um, that we've planned three times. Because <laughs> they put it off and then, and then they put it off some more because pandemic. So anyway, I would say, and I would even contribute to somebody if, and I don't know, Canada obviously doesn't have Memorial Day the same weekend as us, but I don't know if somebody would want to travel, but I would contribute to his flight. Oh, Jesus. Um, well, I would say the borders are closed, but again, people can still travel, no problem. So uh, I'm talking about I'll... May, bud. I'm talking about May. Well, the borders are still technically going to be closed, but I can still technically fly there. <laughs> so we'll have to take a look at it as we get closer. We'll get things figured out. 
Otherwise, we might just set up like a phone on a video chat so that we could do a watch along for Double or Nothing. Ah, uh, maybe. Hey, this is to all of our fans. If you go on Patreon, if we have a hundred subscribers by May thirtieth, a hundred subscribers on our Patreon, it's not very much money. It's, what three bucks? Three bucks. Yep. Three bucks. Three bucks on Patreon. We will do a watch along on video. And that's scary because Smarks and I both watch wrestling in our underwear. Yeah. yeah. You've kept wearing your underwear? Man. <laughs> this pandemic has hit me hard. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because I'm free. Free balling. Oh, so, all in all, um, I, I I think we can say it's not the worst pay-per-view of the year because Elimination Chamber existed. I think everybody can agree with that. Um, oh. But not the best pay-per-view of the year because we've only had four. Four, um, four in the main, the, the two big ones, the two big leagues. Um, there was an Impact one that I would say was better than this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Im- uh, Impact or NXT? Yeah. Impact. Impact. Oh, wow. I don't know if I'd say I, it was better than this, but it did have Karate Man. I, I guess it was in the same category as this. <laughs> and its, cinema, its cinematic match was hilarious. Not necessarily better. <laughs> are we? Have we entered a phase where cinematic matches are going to be a part of every single pay-per-view? I think they might be. At least I think it gives being. us longer careers. I don't have a problem with it. I think... I think it gives us the chance to maybe get a rock versus Roman match. Um, without, yeah, if, without, if that were to ever happen, it would have to be cinematic. I've been because, uh, they'd have to set it up in a way that they could film it in segments while rock was filming, whatever movie he's on. Um, and, and didn't take a lot of risk of injury. Yes. Heck being cinematic. They could even use a rock stunt double sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. A king yeah. of the Island match. Nah, please, please, WWE, don't be listening to this right now, though. <laughs> uh, but on that note, we will start to wrap things up for this. Uh, unless you've got any anything that you want to add, any commendations for for a specific wrestler that we didn't cover or anything like that, we will wrap things up. Yeah, I think after a recap, we, we don't need to really do that. So. Yep then uh, we will start to close the book on this. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. I always say it, but I don't care what platform you're listening to this on. There is a button to subscribe or to like it or to follow it or something like that. Make sure to click that so you get notified as soon as we post new episodes. And there's probably a button right on there to say, share this episode, to post it to your social medias and say, hey, I like this episode. You should listen to it too. So that other people can hear how funny we are and looks aren't everything um make sure to follow us on twitter you can follow me on all the socials at raw and order wbu you can follow da fabe at da vincent k fabe and he actually tweeted i did tweet it um and then you can follow jlb at JLB420 Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8 anchor.fm slash RTR Big Brother Canada is back ladies and gentlemen so I am doing some Big Brother recaps every week so if you're into Big Brother unlike these two buffoons you can certainly <laughs> listen <laughs> uh, oh sorry what was that? Brothers, 
I'm, I'm, Large, I'm, larger I'm, brothers. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention to what you were doing. You were too busy being a dick. Uh, yes. If you're gonna do something, be great at it. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, we mentioned before we have a Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/RawAndOrderWBU. You can go and sponsor us there for just three bucks a month. Uh, we also have a merch shop if you don't want a, a reoccurring thing you can head to shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU and buy a t-shirt there that says not a cop or that says uh, property of raw and order WBU training facility or all of that stuff there in fact I'm working on a new t-shirt I've been working on it for a long time but I um, finally got back to working on it that's going to be Rasslin cop um yeah, and so that's going to be going up there. You can also find links to the Patreon and the shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU merch store in the doobly doos. There's going to be a link tree there that takes you to all of that stuff. Um, so head on over to there and check it out. But on that note, we're going to close the book on this. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye.